What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Today is Sunday, March 29th, and I want to welcome you to another recording of the POC Podcast, a political podcast from a POC perspective. I'm your host, Andres Zuniga, and I'm joined by my amazing co-hosts. Maite Canino and Carla Chavez. How are you guys? Exhausted. Yeah, me too. Exhausted, but happy. What are we? What? Did anything happen? I don't know. Who knows? Ladies, I, I have a few words from our, from Chirolini. He apparently sent some feedback. I don't know. Do you guys want to listen to that? Go Not for really, it. but let's go ahead. All right. You can't make a good deal with a politician. Then there's something wrong with you. You're certainly not very good. <laughs> <laughs> well, when he's right, he's right. He sucks. <laughs> You know, but remember, Donald J. Trump was talking about Donald J. Trump. So it right, wasn't him right. at the moment. It was the other Donald J. J. Trump. Right, right. The one that thinks yeah. he's president. Gotcha. I, okay, I'm with you. Yes, it's that one. I have some conspiracy theories about this rollout, the AHCA. So, but we'll talk about them later. Trump care. Trump care. Trump, <laughs> Trump care. care. Ryan is right now, like, still probably crying under his desk. Well, you know, Homeboy apparently sleeps in his office because he's got, like, the, the house suite. The, the speaker has suite, so he's like, I don't want to waste taxpayer money on an apartment, so I just sleep in my in my office. Oh, there's many members that do that. They have a bathroom yeah. or a shower. No, I know. It's just kind of weird. I would want to be more comfortable. But yeah, I mean, it's. I'm sure he takes showers or he goes to the gym and gets his 90, P90X on or whatever bullshit. <laughs> I will... I won't say many. I know just two that used to do it. So not many, just two of them. Ladies, we have a jam-packed week, but I want to start us off with a segment titled She Tried to Warn Us. And I want to welcome our dear friend, Hillary Rodham Clinton. The U.S. intelligence community has now confirmed that the Russian government, which means Putin, is directing cyber attacks against targets in the United States to influence the outcome of our election. So ask yourself... Why would Putin be trying to get Donald Trump elected president? Could it be because of all the nice things Donald has said about him or the fact that he has promised to adopt pro-Kremlin policies or maybe because of the extensive business dealings with Russian oligarchs with ties to Putin? Now, since Donald won't release his tax returns and don't hold your breath, We don't know the full extent of his business relationships, but what we know is disturbing. And we know this. We are dealing with something unprecedented in the history of our country. A foreign adversary trying to influence our presidential election. That should scare everyone, Democrat, Republican, and Independent. And with the election just eight days away, this can't wait any longer. Donald Trump should immediately disclose all of his ties and connections to the Kremlin and its associates. Yeah, every time she speaks, I'm like, we could have had that. She's not done. She's not done. The American people deserve to know the full extent of these links and how they relate to what the Russians are doing in our election. Keywords being 
Do you did you pick up on the fact that she said with the election eight days away? Uh, yep. When they said that they were not investigating any more the elections, but they had been investigating it since when? July. 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 Hillary tried to tell us back then that they were stealing our elections, that he was a puppet, that they had control of him and had compromise on him, that they were actually arguably targeting people in the United States, aka her, her campaign, eight days before people. And the sad part is, I'm sure Trump said something really stupid that day, or he was on his good behavior that day, and nobody heard this fucking speech. Can we, like, just step back for a minute and think that people of color didn't buy that bullshit? Yeah. The only people who bought that bullshit were, like, the white people. (laughs) Everybody else was more like, that's fucked up, I'm gonna vote for her. The white people were like, eh, we don't care. We're going to vote for him because we like being white. And a woman cannot run this country. Yeah, you know, because periods, hysteria. Yeah, even those two. You know, fatigue. Oh, my what God. More hysteria, what more hysteria did we see this week between Ryan, Trump, and freaking Spicer in his briefings? Oh, my God. Spicy briefings are a hot mess. I think he must. He, he might have had the worst week. I, th- I think he might have had the worst week. No, yeah. Spicer's having the worst year. Yeah, he's like, I thought I had a life, but I don't. <laughs> yeah. um, he I mean, sold his soul to the devil. I mean, he kept on saying, there's no plan B. Why are you guys so pessimistic to the press? Please be optimistic. Optimistic. <laughs> this is going to pass today. This is going to pass today. Oh, we're going to postpone it for tomorrow. And then <laughs> it did not pass. That did not pass. But you're getting ahead of yourself, Maite. Let's, let's, start, with, let's start with Monday. What did we learn on let's Monday? Let's do it. So Monday, uh, March 20th, we had a disgusting article out of the New York Daily News. Not disgusting because of, like, they had said anything bad, but the story they shared was appalling. At least 40 women who were incarcerated in Milwaukee County jails were forced to give birth in shackles, a lawsuit alleges. The lawsuit names (laughs) the the wonderful sheriff that, like, always kisses Trump booty, Sheriff Clark, um... And he's a, li- a little sneaky motherfucker because this is one of my problems with open elections. Not free and open elections, but open as in like you don't have to register for a party. So what Republicans do, because Milwaukee is such a prominent Democratic county, they sneak into our Democratic election. Then they Rush Limbaugh goes and tell, or talk radio there tells them, hey, vote for this person. He's our guy to fuck up those elections. And that's how um, this dude has been able to run as a Democrat, even though clearly he's not. Like, he's sharing up at the RNC. He's visiting Russia, hanging out with Trump all the time. He talks mad shit about Hillary, which no self-respecting Democrat would ever do. (laughs) He's already ramping up his 2018 campaign, so I'm really hoping we take this guy down. And it's a friendly reminder that that Clark, Sheriff Clark, is... uh, is still claiming to be a Democrat and is running in 2018 for re-election, so we have to stop that shit. If you're in Milwaukee, if you have some money... Send it Even over. if you don't live in Milwaukee and you have five bucks, send it over to his uh, his you know his his campaign. Anybody that isn't him, <laughs> do that in Florida too. Yeah, but Florida is a close. Shackle, like, yeah, I'm sure they they still cheat. They, but no, no, they shackle they shackle inmates oh, when they're gonna have birth. What? That's appalling. Yeah, it's not rare. They do that unfortunately in the states, and we have laws that would pass, that that we that they put up to try to. I don't think it passed a few years ago to try to stop the shackling of women of women when that's, they were giving birth and in jail. So 
that's not the only place that does it. Florida does it too. Oh, my data but we're my pro-life. That's I don't understand. Like that's just inhumane. They want to punish women. They want to punish women. But it's, that's but that's cruel and unusual punishment. Like that's not okay. But in their head, it isn't. You were a slut that opened your legs and had sex, and on top of that, you went to jail. So we're gonna make you feel all the pain in the world because we're men and we can do it to you. And happier news, my home, my now home state of New York, <laughs> Eric Schneiderman, New York State uh, Attorney General. He, ha- he made a, qu- a great hire. He hired a public corruption prosecutor to target the Trump administration. Guess who he, t- who he tapped for that position, ladies? Preet Bharara, the one who Trump just <laughs> fired to try to fuck up his investigations. So now we know that <laughs> nice. Preet was like, I'm not going to quit. You're going to have to fire me, buying himself 24 hours to copy everything into a fucking drive and be like, I still got you, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm oh, super excited about that. This is part of what consumed us a little bit this week. Gorsuch hearing, day number one. Basically, there was a whole lot of talky-talky, but nothing really happened on the first day. Everybody just kind of made opening statements. A bunch of the senators and Gorsuch made his opening statements. So nothing, no news was really made that day. Nobody was watching that shit anyway, because everybody was watching the FBI director, James Comey, and National Security Agency Director Mike Rogers testify in front of Congress in a public hearing. And they had a lot to say. <laughs> Let's start with the first little bomb they dropped. We talked about how Cittolini said that Trump wiretapped him. I mean, Obama had wiretapped him trying to make basically seem that Obama was a criminal. This is what James Comey had to say about those tweets. With respect to the president's tweets about alleged wiretapping directed at him by the prior administration, I have no information that supports those tweets, and we have looked carefully inside the FBI. The Department of Justice has asked me to share with you that the answer is the same for the Department of Justice and all its components. The department has no information that supports those tweets. So nobody's surprised. <laughs> But basically, Trump is a lion. What's new? <laughs> what's, what's sad and new in this, I think, is that his supporters know he's lying and they don't care. Yeah, that's infuriating. But I don't know how they're going to deal with the next bomb he dropped. Which we kind of... His supporters are now like, figuring out what the tweeting thing is. Yeah, they're like, oh, we need to get on the Twitter because the, the fake news is telling us lies when it's Trump that's lying. But that's a whole other story. Then Comey dropped also this massive bomb. As you know, our practice is not to confirm the existence of ongoing investigations, especially those investigations that involve classified matters. But in unusual circumstances where it is in the public interest, it may be appropriate to do so as Justice Department policies recognize. This is one of those circumstances. I have been authorized by the Department of Justice to confirm that the FBI, as part of our counterintelligence mission, is investigating the Russian government's efforts to interfere in the 2016 presidential election. And that includes investigating the nature of any links between individuals associated with the Trump campaign and the Russian government, and whether there was any coordination between the campaign and Russia's efforts. As with any counterintelligence investigation, this will also include an assessment of whether any crimes were committed. Let's, let's go back for a second. So you mean to tell me that since July, you've had this hot potato, and you have a policy of not talking about shit, but you had no problem 10 days before fucking up the Hillary campaign, which has been proven statistically by data that that was the moment where she went from a 10-point lead to a 2% lead. 
Chancletas. Oh, motherfucker. Yep. Yep. I freaked Those out. Assholes my... were. They had it in the pocket, and they were not going to say anything. Black women didn't believe that bullshit. Latinos didn't believe that bullshit. Black men didn't believe that bullshit. Who believed bullshit? <laughs> exactly. Who I did? Mean, I, 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 well, oh, the white people. <laughs> getting, getting a little hot off the collar here, ladies. I'm just, ah, like, with a straight face, homeboy can literally sit there and say, as you know, it's our policy to not do this. Where was that policy? Like, I love Bill Clinton. I do. I adore him. I think he's one of my favorite presidents. But had he not decided to get on this goddamn plane with Loretta, Loretta Lynch, she would have been in charge of that investigation. She wouldn't have had to recuse herself. She wouldn't have had Comey with free reign, talking shit, talking all this mess. And there's a good shot that Hillary would be our president right now and we wouldn't be suffering all this nonsense. Again, why did one particular segment of the population believe the lies? I, I mean, I don't think I, I don't think I don't think the letter made any difference. I think people just needed an excuse to unleash their racism and their misogyny. That's what I, I, they needed. I, I I don't know that the misogyny was necessary. I mean, I think it's a factor. Yes, the misogyny the misogyny is a huge factor, but I don't think the racism is so much a factor. I, I disagree with you there, but I think that the letter did make but, a difference statistically because that's when you see her poll numbers, and I got the privilege to see some internal numbers. That's when you saw them dip. Like literally that day is when you started to see a dip. Mm-hmm. Like it's tied to it. Like, yes, but, I mean, some people need an excuse, but had that excuse had that excuse not been provided, then they wouldn't have one. No, absolutely. But I just think we need to recognize that we're not the dumb ones. Oh, I, I, I don't. I, clearly, we've been ride or die Hillary people from forever. So I don't think we've ever been the problem. <laughs> so but, uh, we're not, and I, we're preaching to the choir in that regard. But I mean, I think we need to acknowledge that there is a disparity in how Hillary was treated and how Trump was treated. And, oh, absolutely. You know, and that's a big factor. And, and that's you what know, moved many people to do the third-party voting that mm-hmm. they did. That and the Russian impact, you know, the Russians hacking into Bernie groups and starting to pull bullshit from Breitbart and, and InfoWars, and that's why they're being investigated by everywhere. Like, it's all one big craziness. No, I totally understand that. I just think that in the narrative of all of this... You're missing, for example, the people who believe class is more important or is, is a, of more importance than race and gender when it comes to disparities in, the econo- in economics. Mm-hmm. And by the way, they're almost all white for the big majority are white males who believe this. Yeah. At they least, don't have to deal with it. At least and, not in our society. Like in Europe, uh, I actually have a couple friends that are, one is Hispanic and one's black. And they say that over there, the, the, the discrimination is based on your, on your um, social class, not your race. So if you're a rich black person, you're cool. If you're a poor black person, you're not cool. If you're a poor white person, you're not cool. Here, it don't matter how much yeah. money you have. They're still going to yeah. shoot you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Here, it's a different culture. So have a color, you still have an accent. <laughs> oh, yeah. God knows the three of us sure do. <laughs> <laughs> but all right, let's, so let's wrap up Monday, ladies. So you mentioned my day, the spicy hearings, and one of my highlights of the spicy hearings, besides what you mentioned, was the White House trying to distance themselves from Manafort and Michael Flynn. I'm gonna quote Spicy. Spicy said he referred to Trump's former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn as a volunteer of the campaign. He was the National Security Advisor, but he was a volunteer of the campaign. He also said Paul Manafort, who ran Trump's campaign for five months 
played a very limited role for a very limited amount of time. Five months is not a limited role. He was in charge of making sure he got the delegates and the nomination. And he chose Pence as VP. He chose Pence as VP, and he was also a big push in making sure that the Ukraine sanctions were removed from the Republican platform. That all of a sudden, Trump started speaking very against NATO, the second, literally, the week after he got hired. So my ass that he's a limited role for a very limited amount of time. That was some bullshit. (laughs) So Tuesday brings us to the Gorsuch hearing day two. So some news was made here. I'm going to dive a little bit into it. So basically, Ted Cruz kicks some serious ass. The next person I date, I want them to look at me the way that Ted Cruz looked at Gorsuch. I thought they were going to make out for a second there. It was so loving from above the street. Like, tell me more about the stories about how you clerked. Please. Like... I can't. No puedo. <laughs> and the Minnesota delegation. Thank God I was driving and I heard all this on like radio. <laughs> bro. Bro. The way he looked at him like, tell me more. Oh my God. I can't. But the Minnesota delegation kicks some serious ass. Amy Klobuchar asked Gorsuch about his record and to explain himself about why he did the way he did about Hobby Lobby and, and it wants consumer rights. He, of course, had no really good explanation. He said that he believed that Hobby Lobby was not a first, was a first amendment case, not a first amendment case, but a case that dealt with religious freedom. So that's why he chose his decision. She, she went ham because she's also an attorney and like, he was like, don't try to mansplain me. Like, I understand the law. Like, I've read the case. Like, I'm an attorney. I've prosecuted. I've been in charge. <laughs> so I, I, I understand the law. Just, I need to understand your logic because the way you're seeing this law is not making sense to me. But he was very condescending and he was clearly flustered. He didn't do very well with, with the Democrats. And then Al Franken went ham on the fro- frozen trucker case. I want to let you guys hear from the frozen trucker himself. It's a little bit lengthy, but I think it gives context that's important. So just bear with me. But here's the frozen trucker. In January of 2009, I was working as a commercial truck driver for Trans Am Trucking Incorporated of Olathe, Kansas. I was hauling a load of meat through the state of Illinois. After stopping to resolve a discrepancy in the location to refuel, the brakes on the trailer froze. I contacted my employer and they arranged for a repair unit to come to my location. I expected that help would arrive within an hour. I awoke three hours later to discover that I could not feel my feet. My skin was burning and cracking. My speech was slurred and I was having trouble breathing. The temperature that night was roughly 27 degrees Fahrenheit below zero. After informing my employer of my physical condition, they responded by telling me to simply hang in there. As I sat there physically suffering in the cold, I started having thoughts that I was going to die. I decided to try to detach the trailer from the truck and drive to safety. Before I left, I called my employer to notify them that I had decided to head for shelter. And they ordered me to either drag the trailer or stay put. In my opinion, clearly their cargo was more important than my life. My employer fired me for disobeying their their orders. And I'd like to make it clear that uh, although I uh, detached the tractor from the trailer, 
I returned and I completed my job and I was still fired. I disputed my, deter my uh, termination from Trans Am Truck and, and ultimately won. This was a seven year battle. Seven different judges heard my case. One of those judges found against me. That judge was Neil Gorsuch. The notion that the only judge who issued a dissent relating to the matter of Alphonse Madden versus Trans Am Trucking has been nominated to become our nation's next Supreme Court Justice gives me pause for concern. This is because after re reviewing the wording of Judge Gorsuch's dissent concerning my case, it is my opinion that, his, that he demonstrated a willingness to artfully diminish the humane element that encompassed the issue and ignored the fact that the nation's Congress passed the Surface Transportation Assistance Act into law to uphold and maintain safe and humane working conditions. The human impact of Gorsuch ladies. So this is a man who went for a corporation called Hobby Lobby because he didn't want to like some woman to use birth control for a medical reason. He doesn't care about anyone. Nope. I mean, Klobuchar brought that up. She brought the Hobby Lobby and she went ham on that. Franken literally called him absurd. He basically said, Franken was like, what would you have done had you been that man? Had you been Alphonse? What would you have done? And he's like, I don't know what I would have done had I been in his shoes. And Franken was like, Every, you and everybody in this room would have gotten out of the truck because you're asking him to do something insane. And I've, and I quote, I had a career identifying absurdity and I know it when I see it. And Judge Gorsuch, you're being absurd. Like Franken told him that to his face. Because if you think about it, you're asking him to either stand freeze or to drive a truck that can probably go, what, 10 miles an hour with a, you know, like a locked brake on a highway? Like, either way, that's not safe for anyone. Like, somebody's going to ram into him and fuck up that cargo anyway, or you're telling him sit there, freeze, and die. Like, and then in the descent, he said it was cold. 27 degrees is not cold. That's, fr un like, below zero. That's sub-zero temperatures are frigid. Like... But you need to yeah, have you need to have up. a soul to have some empathy, and I'm starting to believe that the Dementors sucked all the soul of all these people because they are either sociopaths or batshit crazy who just don't care about anybody else, which is really sad. Like, what happened to them? Like, at what point did their parents not hug them enough? Did their parents not say you matter? So now they're just. Fucked up in the brain? I don't know, girl. I, I, I'm just glad that at least, for me, the frozen trucker case and Hobby Lobby were key in pointing out, like, Gorsuch's hypocrisy and, like, what you said, Carla, his lack of empathy. So I'm glad that the Minnesota delegation, uh, Klobuchar and Franken, both brought up those two important cases and kind of highlighted them. And they were, like, the rock stars of that day. So Friday, I mean, sorry, Tuesday evening. God, we're only at Tuesday. Did not get much better. We got some crazy news. So the Trump kids were up to some shit. Ivanka was given an office <laughs> in the West Wing and access to classified information. But I thought Trump said he wasn't asking for classified information or permissions for his kids and that Ivanka was not going to work at the White House. Hmm. It's called kleptocracy. It's called illegal because uh, that's, there's laws against nepotism that should be in place. But what? apparently nobody's following any of this shit. <laughs> 
laws are not worth so much if they're not enforced. Just like the Constitution. Mm-hmm. So she she needs a little private room, but her father, who's a president, could have conversations in a restaurant and not need a private room. Yeah, apparently so. But that she makes was, perfect sense. Right, right. Well, she wasn't the only one up to no good, might they? Eric Trump, who owns Trump Vineyard Estates, better known as Trump Winery, has asked to bring in 29 workers for this season through the federal H2H visa program because he couldn't find Americans to do that job. <laughs> America first, baby. America first. America motherfucking first. Sorry for all the cursing, guys. I'm just a little bit down. It's been a week. It's been a week. And then, because I wasn't already pissed enough, then I read this note from Politico that Tillerson, our Secretary of State, aka recipient of the Russia's Russian friendship, I kiss Putin's ass, that dude, he's like, ah, it's gonna be too much for me. I can't make that NATO meeting. I'm just going to go to... Where is he going, guys? Russia! He's fucking going to Moscow. He's fucking going to Moscow. I can't. But wait, did you guys read the article um, in the IJW where he was like, I just wanted to retire. I don't even want this job. Yeah. He, he, he sure acted I, like he doesn't want it. No. Didn't his, wife, didn't his wife tell him to do it or something? Yeah, something like that. It was bizarre. Let's move on to Wednesday. So Wednesday was Gorsuch hearing day three. And senators continued to question Gorsuch about his testimony. And this is when outside witnesses were rotting. So that's when Afon saying that we just heard the, the ice trucker, the frozen trucker. Uh, that's when he gave that amazing speech that we played a little bit earlier. But I wanted to play it so that you guys would understand what uh, Franken was going ham about. And then right at the same time that Gorsuch was being um, in, you know, questioned or whatever, the Supreme Court unanimously ruled... Take a moment to ponder that. This very partisan court actually unanimously ruled against Andrew versus Douglas County School District. And the Supreme Court unanimously ruled that local school districts in the county must provide students with disabilities in the environment to make appropriately ambitious progress. This, this, this basically, the highest court of the land basically held that appropriate was described by the law goes further than what Gorsuch and the lower court had held. So basically, the Supreme Court unanimously, which they never do anymore, <laughs> overruled Gorsuch right as he was being interviewed. <laughs> then we had some more stuff happen. We got some more news about our buddy Manafort. Uh, the AP reported that Manafort was accused of money laundering and a U.S. probe is now extending to Cyprus, where they think that the banking is going in place to kind of cover up all this money. So... This is a lot that is coming against Manafort that could land him in jail, so me thinks he's going to talk soon. <laughs> so, I lightly read, and I really didn't pay attention, um, what happened with the texts from his daughter that were hacked? So, apparently, um, she, it wasn't hacked, but somebody t texted her saying that they had proof that her dad had blood money from Ukraine, that, that this, they wanted to, ch to try to get to communicate with him. To either like shut up or put up, kind of a deal. Oh, so, so they were trying to blackmail him. Yeah, like scaring him by getting to his daughter. Interesting. Yeah. So, so I got a question. Who do you think is going to make the deal first, Flynn or Manafort? Flynn. You think Flynn? Mm-hmm. Mm, I think yeah, Flynn probably. might. I think Flynn may have already made a deal, but we'll talk about that in a, in a minute. <laughs> okay. Let, let's talk about my new most hated Republican, Devin Nunes. Who? Uh, hmm. This fool. 
he's um he's supposed to be a watchdog, but I think he's more like a lapdog. He alert. <laughs> what this is what happened? So he went to Paul Ryan to tell him, "Oh my God, I have some stuff." Because obviously the you know the top eight people get super high clearance intelligence. That almost pretty much it's like the first, except for the president, they get the highest intelligence levels. So obviously Ryan is part of that. So he goes to Ryan and tells, "Oh my God, this is what I have." Ryan Ryan does not stop him or tell him, "Hey, this is a bad idea." Instead, encourages because I have no doubt. Like, there's no way you can go tell Paul Ryan and then Paul Ryan is not going to try to stop this um, if he thinks that he should be stopped. David Nunes then gets in a car and goes straight to the White House to tell the president. <laughs> well, no, before he gets in the car, he 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 calls on the press and tells them that the trap members of the Trump transition have had their communication picked up by intelligence gathering, and that the collection was legal and incidental, but still found it inappropriate, so he wanted to go tell the president. So let me get this straight. You're supposed to be investigating the person that you just went and told him what you have? I want to agree with John McCain, who said that this that they've lost credibility completely. This is just them trying to, like, have people not focus on what's really going on. It's just stupid because it's gonna set up like if they keep this shit up, like they're gonna need a independent investigation, and that's gonna be their worst nightmare. Their best bet is to keep it reined in within themselves, so that they can still inject their partisan bullshit. And then that night, we also found out that CNN reports there's possible confirmation that they've already coordinated with Russia. That the FBI has information that indicates associates of President Trump communicated with suspected Russian operatives about the possibility to coordinate the release of information damaging to the Hillary Clinton campaign. What's uh, amazing is, is that with all this specter of, I mean, there's just way too much Russia seasoning and all of this cake that is not tasting a lot like Russia. So why are we still pursuing his agenda when there's a really good chance that this election was stolen yeah, from good, Americans. Yeah, that's a good point because, you know, the Neil Gorsuch hearing still kept rolling. Like, oh, and then we're going to get to Thursday right now, which is when they still were going to have this vote on the ACTA. So, <laughs> Trump care, Trump care. Trump care. Sorry. Thursday, like, they were just going on as normal. Like, oh, yeah, we're going to have a vote. We're good. We got the votes. We, we got it. it. So I agree with Don't you. Don't be I negative, think, people. I know. Don't be I negative, agree, reporters. I, I agree with you, Carla. I think I'm going to recommend an article from Charles Blow from the New York Times that's called Pause This Presidency. I think we need to hit that pause button right now. <laughs> Don't hit pause on the podcast, people. Don't, we're still talking. <laughs> <laughs> no. I think what's surprising is that people are not, in general, concerned. I think we're going to, in, in a year or two, when all of this, like, just explodes, just Watergate. Mm-hmm. Well, at the beginning of last year, there's some really... Really, really good investigative journalist because before the election, that was about Russian connections. Yeah, you're gonna be like, why were you not? Why didn't you care? And like, yeah. and the people are just like, what are you doing? Do you just do you not care that your elections were not free? Yeah. Or do you not care? It's a fed, a foreign government infiltrated itself in your government. I mean, if if you can't, what do you hear about that? What is? And to your point, that's not a partisan thing at all. That's not a Democrat or Republican thing. That's an American thing. Like, you should be concerned as an American. Like, period, full stop. I'm surprised that this country has not ground to a halt and said, we're not doing, we're not moving until an independent investigation starts. That would have only happened if a Democrat. La, 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 la. Yeah, that would have only happened if a Democrat had done the shit they're trying to pull. Oh, absolutely. Republicans would be, like, in their home district. They would be, like, not a single nothing. 
nothing would be moving. So speaking of nothing okay, moving. Okay, moving on. Speaking of nothing moving, the vote was going to happen on Thursday, guys. We were all freaking out, like, uh, is Paul and Ryan going to pull this vote out of his ass? Does he have the votes? It doesn't seem like he does, but can he pull it off? Maybe they're going to do some dirty tricks. Like, what's happening here? Vote is postponed till Friday. All right. We're, we're, we're going to put a pin on that. Then Trump, in the meantime, to try to distract, signs the Keystone XL pipeline. He signed up so that that's approved. And then I have to put a disclaimer. There was a crazy Time interview. I don't, I'm not speaking on behalf of Time as a Time employee, just as a regular U.S. citizen. That shit was crazy. <laughs> uh, so the cover story for this week's Time magazine was basically, it's titled, Is the Truth Dead? And... Michael uh, Stegner explored in his cover story that what what is Trump's deal? And basically for Donald Trump, shamelessness is not just a strength, it's a strategy. Uh, Trump thinks it's okay to repeat false claims as long as he is accurately stating the fact that someone else made the false claim. He thinks it's okay that some to say something is false as long as it later turns out to be that it's vaguely uh, true. And he appears to think it's okay that just straight up lie and keep lying for no reason. Uh, and when he was confronted with his lies and lies and lies, he ended the interview by saying, I must not be doing so bad because I'm the president and you're not. Yeah. Motherfucker. So, like a five-year-old retort. Friday came, and the first news that breaks is we still, like, there's a bajillion and one meetings on Capitol Hill. People are being wrangled. They're being offered things to please vote for the, for, for Trump care. Please vote for it. Come on. Please do it. <laughs> you know what I, what I loved? I loved the fact that spicy mm. was doing his little conference and his like briefing and he was like the president has been working for a week now from 6 a.m to 11 p.m making calls what do you think presidents do no melissa That's no <laughs> no you're wrong <laughs> look at president obama he walked in there with not one gray hair. He walked out of there full gray hair. Like, that's what presidents do. And he actually talked to Republicans and said, we'll work with your ideas. Hell, we'll pick a Republican plan by the Heritage Foundation to make it work. So you'll vote for this shit. <laughs> like, he studied and practiced and, for how long? And like, why was he only making calls this week? Like, if this was his priority, he should have started making these calls on day one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Can we, like, just pause for a minute and talk about how inept the rollout of this legislation was? And this is where I want to talk about, like, my conspiracy theory. Okay. When you have a piece of legislation this important, Mm -hmm. don't you, before, start having conversations with your stakeholders? Um, I mean, the bill was, like, they couldn't pass the bill because, A, the bill was a piece of shit. It was a turd sandwich. They had seven years to, to come up with something that was a step above a turd sandwich. And they, they never talked to anybody that would have helped them pass it. So I, I really think that this legislation, they wanted it to fail so that they see us, that their voters could say, oh, they did something, quote unquote. And then just say, okay, we're done with it. Moving on. We're never going to repeal this. People like it too much. Yeah. I think this was all a charade. I, I mean, I don't think Paul Ryan is any wonky. I don't think he's like this policy wonk genius. No. I don't think, I mean, if you see his legislation, they're all stupid. Yeah. But at some point, somebody who's been in politics for this long knows that you need to build consensus and you need to build coalition. And you need to the try. The fact that they didn't do any of it. Yeah. I just want to applaud once the Republican 
the Republican members of the House for not just stepping in line and staying quiet because all he had to do was get the Republicans to vote mm-hmm. and he couldn't do that. Yes. So thank you, Republicans, for getting some balls and some tits up there and not <laughs> stepping in line. I, I completely agree. And I think mad props to Nancy Pelosi because she's the best damn vote whipper that I've ever seen in my life because not a damn single Democrat was going to vote for that shit. And we can thank Danny Hoyer and Nancy Pelosi for that because that's how it's done. <laughs> Wait, did you guys see the the TV ads that were released in advance of their turd sandwich passing? No. They're hilarious because it's like, thanks so-and-so for repealing and replacing the Obamacare Act. That's too and funny. And it's like, uh, <laughs> no. Too funny. I want to take a little pause from this and come right back to it, but... While we were waiting for this back dealing back and forth, everybody was on the press and having meetings and having lunches and all this and all that. And we're going to have the vote at 11 in the morning. No, we're not. We're going to have it in the afternoon. We still didn't know. During that time, we also got a notice that Roger Stone, Carter Page, and Paul Manafort have uh, agreed to testify, have volunteered to testify in front of the committee. So I think the talking's about to begin from those fools, too. And as we're still waiting for this vote, it's still ramping up. It was, like, high intensity. We, while Paul Ryan was having lunch with, with Trump, like, basically to tell him, I, I don't have the votes. I don't have the votes. Then we hear that Pence is in Congress, and he's trying to whip people, and he couldn't get it done either. And we saw that after, like, in the middle of lunch, he actually left the Congress and went back to the White House. So we're like, the fact that Pence is leaving this means that this isn't even close. Like, if it was one or two, he would probably work on those one or two people. You know what I mean? This was not anywhere close. And then Ryan had, had to say that they didn't have the votes, and when he was interviewed about why he pulled it, he had this to say. Obamacare is the law of the land. It's going to remain the law of the land until it's replaced. We did not have quite the votes to replace this law. Uh, and so, yeah, we're going to be living with Obamacare for the foreseeable future. You don't have the votes. You don't have the votes. <laughs> You're going to need congressional approval and you don't have the votes. Such a blunder. Sometimes it makes me wonder why I even bring the thunder. Why he even brings the thunder. And that's basically what's been playing in my head since that happened. Oh, everybody's head. It's hilarious. We didn't think we had their votes for the Affordable Care Act. They are so lame. It's like you it's like a kid that has like the whole the whole school year to get this big term project done. And then they have nothing at the end of the school year. I mean, and their school year was seven years long. <laughs> yes. Let's be real. I, I laugh because the whole process was insane and they didn't have to vote and there was no way for them to get the votes Mm-mm. because the legislation was a turd sandwich, like I said. But part of it was it wasn't evil enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's so just appalling that they wanted to get rid of maternity care. They yeah. wanted to get <laughs> rid of mental health care, the essentials. Of life insurance, not life insurance, of health insurance. They wanted to get rid of. And they wouldn't because if they did, they would get rid, they would lose all the moderate Republicans. Mm-hmm. There's no way they could go and defend that mm-hmm. to women saying, oh, yeah, we got rid of maternity care. Like, fuck you. Yeah, that makes no sense at all. I love, I love when they're explaining, well, you know, 
men don't get pregnant and women after a certain age don't get pregnant. So maybe she, they should buy special insurance for pregnancy. Right, like we get pregnant by the Holy Ghost in our own fingers. Well, I mean, and it's also like on a numbers level, logistically, like I also don't get prostate cancer, but that doesn't mean that it shouldn't be included because at the end of the day, it's kind of a wash. Like whatever we don't need, they need and vice versa. So the fact having more of us in the pool makes it be cheaper. <laughs> but in other ways, we have to pay for fucking Viagra so their yeah. dicks can get hard. I'm sorry. I can pay for the result of that dick. Being hard. <laughs> <laughs> Am I being too crass? Seems fair. Seems fair, Carla. Well, there's also the guy who said like there was like 52 percent of men don't see any value in birth control. Uh, like, what? You should look what? at your wallet when you don't have a kid you don't want or can't afford. <laughs> right. Friday night. We thought Wednesday was bad for Mr. Nunez, who's now my new favorite. So he strikes again. Wait, wait. wait. Dude, don't don't attribute him to our people. Yes, Nunes. Nunes, my bad, my bad. Like we got enough. We got Cruz and we got Rubio. Yeah. We're not this taking credit for Nunes. Is he Puerto Rican? He's actually no. He's actually Brazilian. He's from yeah. He's from Portugal, I think. Actually, um, is it Portugal? Yeah. Okay, whatever. We're not taking credit for him, so it's no. not Nunes. It's Nunes. My bad. That's a force of habit. Have to apologize for. This is true. Well, he struck again, Nunez. He abruptly canceled an already scheduled hearing for Tuesday with former acting general Sally Jates and uh, Clapper, national, former national director of national intelligence, and CIA director John Brennan, which were also to testify. Everybody was scheduled. He's explaining that it was going to be postponed, that it's not a big deal, but that he would rather instead have a private session with Comey and Mike Rogers to address the committee in close question. The Democratic ranking member, Adam Schiff, who's a badass this week, believes that Nunez's true motives are to spare the president a bad news cycle. I think I'm going to go with Adam Schiff on this one. A bad news cycle. Pobrecito. <laughs> oh, bendito. <laughs> Poor baby's going to get a bad news cycle. Oh. Let me give you a tete. Nah. <laughs> oh my god, you guys, we're on Saturday. <laughs> Hallelujah. I just want to take like one more minute to like enjoy it and be like, <gasps> <gasps> woo! Okay, continue. All right, so Saturday, on a panel on CNN, national security analyst Juliet Kayyem discussed the possibility that Flynn had already turned on Trump. She said, and I quote, it is starting to look like from my sources and from open reporting that Mike Flynn is one who may have already had a deal with the FBI. And that's why we haven't heard from him in some time. Mm-hmm. Another Didn't someone see him like running through the Atlanta airport under protection? I, no, I haven't heard about that. I think part. I saw something like that on Twitter. But obviously that's unverifiable. But he's not talking even, for sure. Like that's for well, sure. Well, even... Even if he, like, I think that's also, like, he needs to get some protection because even if he doesn't know anything and everything's hunky-dory, mm-hmm. you know that someone's going to go after him. All these Russian people In be dying lately. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Is it, like, what's the count? Up to eight now? Yeah. Some, some, some people that are remotely connected to any of this or connected to people that are pissing off Putin are just showing up dead left and right. So, hi, Mr. Putin. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, how was that protest? <laughs> Speaking of Putin connections, or at least Russian ones, Boris Epstein, who was one of, during the campaign, one of Trump's t- favorite TV surrogates besides Kellyanne Conway, 
Um, he used to be an official at the White House press office, and now, but he has always had a contentious relationship with TV producers, except apparently it's getting really bad. There's a lot of complaints about him flipping out at green rooms. So he is, um, he's been asked to leave his job, according to, that, to New York Times. Epstein had a deep connection to business in Russia, and in recent years, he said, um, you know, he's he promoted like how to make money in Moscow and all these things, and he's he came into the circle because he went to Georgetown with Eric Trump. But CNN reports that you know it might be that they're trying to eliminate anybody that's Russia related to get them out of the way. Anybody so they would have to empty the whole White House at this point. Yeah, it's looking like <laughs> nobody knows Russia, but it seems like the more and more like one other one bites the dust. Well, uh, uh, isn't Nunes like the, the winery that he owns or part owns has like close yep. ties to a distributor mm-hmm. that's Russian related? Yep, yep, yep. I mean, we're beyond the walks like a duck and talks like a duck. It yeah. is. A th- I mean, I get that right now. It's all circumstantial evidence. But here's my, th- like you said, if it's a duck, it looks like a duck. It's a fucking duck. But the best way I could explain it, it's like, I'm going to sleep. There's no snow on the ground. I wake up, my lawn is not there, it's all white. There's circumstantial evidence, I didn't physically see it snow, but I'm pretty confident that it snowed overnight. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, that's snow! <laughs> Sunday, we also had some action. Word came out from Politico Europe that apparently Trump, oh my God, embarrassing us again, handed Angela Merkel, Chancellor of Germany, a bill for the money she owes to NATO for more than 300 billion euros. It was reportedly calculated by adding the amount which Germany have fallen short on the annual payments to NATO since 2002 and adding interest. Interest. I hope Angela told him to go fuck himself. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then right before we hopped on this call, we just got word from CNN that another military failure for Trump a U.S.-led strike caused civilian deaths in Mosul, Iraq, Iraqi officials reported. A coalition airstrike on an ISIS truck laden with explosives led to the death of dozens upon dozens of civilians in Mosul, a senior Iraqi military official said on Sunday. So another big raid and military action and another failure for Trump. Yeah, and but and as long dead. as it's brown people. Yeah, and as long as it's brown people on the other side of the world... Nobody's putting up any flags on their Facebook profiles. Nobody's holding vigils or saying, we stand with you, Iraq, because it's brown people on the other side of the world. But this is exactly what makes an extremist, like, bombs that kill civilians unnecessarily. I get that there's sometimes you can't prevent a civilian death, but your military should be precise and should be preventing these as much as possible. But this is, like, the second time that it's egregious deaths for no good reason, like... That shows lack of preparation. But even even here, there was a, a white male killed a black man in New York because he wanted to kill black men so that white women wouldn't date black men. Yes. Yeah, and where's the outrage? Where's the story? Even the New York Times, and I and I usually love them, and I subscribe. They were this. They instead of saying this white racist killed this man oh no let's talk about this like let's talk about the white guy as this like just this misguided person and he killed someone oh but you know they had like this crime behind them reality it was just like it was a hate crime it's Mm -hmm. terrorism 
It's, I'm very sick and tired of us labeling terrorism only when it happens to white people by brown people. Agreed. Mm-hmm. But when white people commit awful acts of terror yeah. upon browns people and women, oh, eh, not that bad. It's a you know, lone man, mm-hmm. mental health issues, blah, 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 blah. I mean, I agree with you that I think that the race is, is definitely a factor. And I think that, like, if you can understand that the KKK doesn't represent Christianity, then you should be able to understand that ISIS does not represent Muslims. So you should be able to have a little bit of intellectual capacity to kind of compartmentalize those two. And I would hope that people would. But I think mm-hmm. even beyond race, like, you need to realize that homegrown is an issue too like and you can't just block the internet for people that have become radicalized because the recent attack in london this week that was a local uh people in brussels was a local san bernardino was a local orlando was a local like it, like we need to address that too and what's making these people vulnerable to that as a larger point if you treat people like shit they will usually eventually snap back yeah there's only so much people can take not excusing acts of terror at all but we have to have a conversation on how we treat humans and how we dehumanize them to a point where they, they themselves stop thinking that they're human. I think that that wraps our week, guys. A hell of a week. And I think we can officially say that this has been Trump's worst week. And I think he's on track to be the, hun- the, first, uh, the worst first 100 days. Uh, I think the only person that's going to beat him is, I, I'm blanking on his name at the moment, uh, but the one president that was killed 39 days into his, into his term, he, he probably did a little bit worse because <laughs> he did. Poor guy. But uh, other than that, I think Trump has got the title for sure. So let's wrap this puppy up with an endgame segment, ladies. So, Maite, <laughs> where are you going to go? Unprecedented, the last thing that Trump did that was unpresidential. Beltway hypocrite, hypocritical activity by an elected official or candidate of high-profile figure. Political all-star. Best political quote, all politics is local, or are you going to have a call to action for us? Everyone will be happy. I'm leaving Paul Ryan alone this week, Aww. and I'm going for unprecedented. Oh, shit. Tell me about it. Where are you going? <laughs> where, where are we going with this? Uh, our president, hashtag number 45's response to the ACA, to the, sorry, not the ACA, the Trump care not being passed. Oh, he has some thoughts. He has oodles of thoughts. Close and... Can we hear his thoughts, please? I think what will happen is Obamacare, unfortunately, will explode. It's going to have a very bad year. Last year, you had over 100 percent increases in various places. In Arizona, I understand it's going up very rapidly again, like it did last year. Last year was 116 percent. Many places, 50, 60, 70 percent. I guess it averaged whatever the average was very, very high. And this year should be much worse. So what would be really good with no Democrat support if the Democrats, when it explodes, which it will soon, if they got together with us and got a real health care bill, I'd be totally open to it. And I think that's going to happen. I think the losers are Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer. Because now they own Obamacare. They own it. 100 percent own it. And this is not a Republican health care this is not anything but a Democrat health care. And they have Obamacare for a little while longer until it ceases to exist, which it will at some point in the near future. And just remember, this is not our bill. This is their bill. Now, when they all become civilized and get together and try and work out a great health care bill for the people of this country, we're open to it. 
Go ahead, Maite. Go ahead, girl. Go ahead. Please go. Go for it. Let me start off with he needs a leadership class. (laughs) This is not our bill. This is their bill. So now he's moving away from this piece of legislation that he said was his priority to pass. Trump care. Leader does that. Her sandwich. Okay. Nobody, I mean, what kind of president does that? If Obama would have walked away from it, it didn't, it wasn't going to pass, we would have never had Affordable Care Act. We would have never had people with health insurance. If he really thought that this was a horrible piece of legislation, then keep on working on it, motherfucker. That's what leaders do. That's what our president did. 15 months that we worked on it. My first day working at Planned Parenthood seven years ago, what did I do? I sat down and I made calls to our to our supporters for six hours, me and volunteers kept on coming in and out. That was my first day of work. We made calls to get people to support the Affordable Care Act, to support the birth control part of it. We still keep on fighting the birth control part of it. Has anyone turned around and said, oh, well, it can't get passed. They're not going to hear us. So let's put our little hands up and it's their fault and let's wait it to explode and the people that I lead, get them screwed. I, I agree, Maite. I mean, it's ridiculous, as you would say. I mean, and this fool has the gall to say when they become civilized, the Democrats are civilized, which is why they want affordable health care. And, oh, I didn't tell you this, Maite, but our girl Nancy Pelosi, she's got your backup. Hold up. She's got some thoughts about this bullshit. (laughs) They're scrambling to find a bill that they can pass on the floor. I don't know if you want to call this, on Trump's part, a rookie's error. But you don't find a day and say, we're going to pass a bill. You build your consensus in your caucus, and when you're ready, you set the date to bring it to the floor. But so eager were they to, I don't know, to be mean-spirited, to say, we're going to bring up this bill on the same day as the seventh anniversary of the Affordable Care Act. Rookie's error, Donald Trump. He may be a great negotiator. Rookie's error for bringing this up on a day when clearly you're not ready. Yep, burn. That's that's our girl. The Affordable Care Act covers that bird, baby. <laughs> Can what? we make fun and yeah. that he doesn't know the difference between explode and implode? Because <laughs> explode means that like many people will like, go on uh, the Obamacare. <laughs> Exploding is usually like it's getting bigger and broader. He meant imploding. Yeah, that's a good point. God. Carla, you're Puerto Rican, please. You don't understand the English language. (laughs) (laughs) Or as Jeffrey Lord would call it, that Trump speaks Americanese. Oh, I know. Like, his supporters probably, like, totally understood what he was saying. But I read it first, and I'm like, I think he means implode. (laughs) And the only way it's going to implode is if they try to implode it. Uh, although I think I heard that a couple of states are now adding, expanding Medicare since now this is like the law of the land. They're waking up to the fact that, oh, we're missing out on some good money. The Affordable Care Act, the bill that passed, wasn't what a lot of people wanted in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And that was because we couldn't hold insurances accountable because the insurances, let's be honest, they give a lot of money to many elected officials, mm-hmm. campaign. And in order to pass it and have these elected officials vote on it, we you couldn't get to what we would have liked to get for the insurance companies. But in the end of the day, we had to do a compromise in order to pass something for people to have health care. Because what people want is health care, not insurance. They need to be able to go at least somewhere to get their yearly exams, their preventive care. And that's what was passed. Do insurance companies need to get more monitored? Of course they do. These insurance companies are leaving the marketplace because they want to get more money. Yeah. 
for money. So to blame this law and clearly get pissed. <laughs> I'm putting it on, I'm, I put it squarely on the necks of the 19 states that refuse to expand Medicare. Oh, or, of course. Or it takes their like Florida. Mm-hmm. That's squarely on their like neck. That's, that's just the only reason why we have problems. Um, I don't know that we need a single payer, but that's part two of all this mess. But And for everything that they try to do to make Affordable Care Act or Obamacare ineffective, they have failed. They have tried so many things to do after the law has passed to make it ineffective. Yeah, like voting 60 times to repeal for it, the, but then the one time they 40, had a, a legit shot at killing it, they don't. <laughs> yeah. And for number 45 well. <laughs> to say, I'm going to wait for it to like fall and the people are going to suffer and then they're going to want to come to me because I am the closer who sucks at closing. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed, Marte. Agreed. <laughs> so, Carla, where do you want to go? Unprecedented, Beltway hypocrite, political all-star, best political quote, or politi- all politics is local? So, I want to go to all, all politics is local, but like politics local for like Puerto Rico. Okay. <laughs> um, there's a, another plebiscite uh, coming up in during the summer mm-hmm, to see if Puerto Ricans will decide if they want to be a state or if they want to be independent slash free associated state or whatever language they're kind of put on it. The governor, Ricky Rio, sorry, Ricardo Rosselló was uh, interviewed by Tucker. Oh my and, God. And um, it was a quite humiliating visit in my opinion. And sidebar, one of my friends uh, from when I was young went to, actually went to school with Ricky Rosselló. He's our age. Um, so, and I've met him right after his father won the election in Puerto Rico back in like 1993. And his dad is actually one of the big reasons why Puerto Rico is in the economical mess that they are right now. But Puerto Ricans have really short memories and they elected his son who actually has a PhD in like the sciences and has no governing experience, but whatever. Mm. Andrea, do you have the clip? I do. So I'll play the first one for you from Tucker Carlson. But why would it be good for America to absorb a third world country into the United States, a country where you know, electricity doesn't work? The whole island went dark in September, as you well know. It's massively in debt. It's totally corrupt and dysfunctional. I mean, no offense, it's a great place and everything, but why would we, what would be in it for America to make it a state exactly? It's, it's a great added value and it's a great question. I think we need to start talking about this. Uh, Puerto Rico can become the connector of the Americas. You know, we've been part of the United States for over 100 years, but we also culturally have uh, elements from South America and, of course, elements from, from North America. We speak English, we speak Spanish. Uh, geographically, we're centered in the right uh, position, and we have a lot of added value. I think, uh, you know, our economy can take a, a significant turn uh, if we start addressing some of the uh, uh, local government issues, which our administration has already been starting. I, I am... Okay, first of all, what a condescending, insulting question from Tucker Carlson. Like, he can't, he can't say it. I can say it, though. <laughs> Sometimes you got to wonder. But I, I'm sorry, but if I would have been him, I would have been like, um, what third country are you talking about? I'm from Puerto Rico. <laughs> <laughs> this, I mean... Oh, absolutely. But I think that the... My... I don't know, like, I won't even, like, put her, I'm not pro-independence, pro-statehood, or pro-anything. I don't live there. I no longer have any voice or vote on in that. But I do think that it's, and one of the things that Rosello said eventually in the interview is that the U.S. has a moral responsibility to Puerto Rico. 
there are specific reasons why Puerto Rico is in the situation it is in currently. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is direct result of policies that the U.S. has pushed on the island. We're, there, we're a colony. We have no true self-governance. And now when your chickens are coming home to roost, you're like, oh, no, no, not my problem. You're like this third world country we just like sometimes hanged out with. Like, are we Manafort in Trump's campaign? <laughs> limited, no, we're limited. just slightly associated. <laughs> For only a limited time, Carla. God. Yes, it's like a hundred and something years. And by the way, the U.S. invaded us, so whatever. But, you know, details. But but listen, Tucker was not done saying some bullshit. He had another question. To the West, <laughs> would would English would English be the official language of Puerto Rico? I mean, this is well, an English-speaking country. Puerto Rico is not. It, it is, but but you know, the United States is also a Spanish-speaking country. It's the third largest Spanish-speaking country in the world, and the United States itself doesn't have an official language. So so. <laughs> By the way, I respect. Like, I I'm not a big fan of Rosselló, but I respect that answer. Because it's that's true. a really damn good answer. It's true. And it is absolutely true. A lot of people don't realize that they think that English is the official language. No lo es. No. <laughs> no hay. <laughs> He's like, but can we I make think... English official language so I can understand what people are saying? <laughs> Bottom line for Puerto Rico, they're having a plebiscite, a referendum, and I really want statehood to win. Not because I wanted Puerto Rico to become a state at all, except I would love for the statehood, the pro-statehood party to actually put their money where their mouth is. They've been selling this dream and winning elections and spending money on it. And now, once they have paper that says, look, Puerto Ricans want statehood, they can go to Congress and say, look, look, we want to go in. Because you know what's going to happen? They're going to be like, Bye, Felicia. Mm-hmm. If Puerto Ricans in the island really believe that a Republican racist government, Pasty White and Rosselló maybe Pasty White, for them, we're brown people. Mm-hmm. If they really think that that's going to happen, I've got so many Brooklyn bridges to sell to them. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen. The Puerto Rico had much, would have had a much better chance with a Democratic government. In, but now, with Trump, it's not going to happen. They need to. They need to hear it so that they can figure out what next. Puerto Rico's politics are just stuck in the 1940s and 50s and 60s with this. What our status should be, and that's why politics are so local. So mine, I'm gonna have to go with Beltway hypocrite, and I don't have one, or two, or three, or four. It's basically. Any motherfucking Republican that ever said anything about how Hillary would be horrible because she would be under FBI investigation and couldn't do shit if she was president. Because these motherfuckers <laughs> had so much to say, but now all I hear is crickets. So we started off with Spicy. He said, and I quote, Not if Hillary Clinton becomes the nominee. Probably tough to get people excited about someone under a FBI investigation. Wrong, Melissa. That's a great impersonation. Wrong, Melissa. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> Kelly at Cowway has some thoughts, too. This is right before the election, like the day before. Most honest people I know are not under FBI investigation, let alone two. <laughs> and then, right off your vein of these motherfuckers on Fox News, Hannity had some thoughts. So think about the magnitude of all of this for a second. Hillary Clinton could be sworn into office 
while still being under investigation from the FBI, which would then put this country into a major constitutional crisis. Now, Clinton says Donald Trump, oh, he's not fit to serve in the Oval Office. But she, and she alone, has created a situation that could do severe damage to this country and the office of the presidency. So, Hannity, any thoughts about your boy being investigated and putting us in a constitutional crisis? Do you have some thoughts? Because I sure do. I think you're absolutely right, except for the fact that it was not Clinton that was under investigation on election day, but Trump, who was then and is still now, and will probably be falling because of this fucking investigation. But I'm not done taking these motherfuckers to task because it wasn't just Spicy or Kellyanne Conway or Hannity or every other fool on Fox News, but every other motherfucking Republican that ran in the 2016 primary. And I have a little montage of all these heifers having a lot to say, but nothing at the moment now. None of our candidates is under FBI investigation. She's under investigation with the FBI right now. If she gets elected, her first hundred days, instead of setting an agenda, she might be going back and forth between the White House and the courthouse. We need to stop that. The FBI has just sent a letter to Congress. That uh, she's under investigation by the FBI. Just pause and think about that. And they are reopening the case into her criminal and illegal conduct. Can this country afford to have a president under investigation by the FBI? That threatens the security of the United States of America. Think of the trauma that would do to this country. Yeah, Marco Rubio's right. Think of the trauma that this is doing to our nation. And I never, ever, when I hear any of you fools ever mention the words Hillary Clinton an FBI investigation ever again for as long as you shall live. And I'm going to jump off my soapbox now. But why? Why do we ever have to get off our soapboxes? Because if not, I have a heart condition and that's just not good for me. We haven't heard much from Marquito this week. <laughs> because he's got nothing to say because he knows he was right before, except the fact that he was talking about her instead of him. Vuelve el perro arrepentido con el rabo entre las patas con el hocico partido <laughs> I, would, I, would, I would love for just one of them to actually acknowledge I still believe what I said and I'm so sorry I was fucked up in talking about her like oh, never what a week what a week to be alive what a week to be an American <laughs> I want to be an American <laughs> na, 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 na. We have to use that for the show as the resident Puerto Rican starts singing that. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh, God. So I think we're officially done, guys. So we should probably <laughs> wrap this puppy up before we say something else. This has been another episode of POC. We're a politics po- podcast, and we basically catch you up on what the fuck just happened last week. And this week was very busy. We'll be back next week uh, with more of what happened uh, in the upcoming week. We'll keep you guys posted. You can follow us online at uh, plcpodcast.com. You can leave us an iTunes review. Uh, you can also download our podcast in iTunes and Google Play. You can leave us reviews, leave us some love. That would be much appreciated. You can leave comments on our blog um, or email us at info at plcpodcast.com. We'll be back Ciao, next week, everyone. guys. Bye-bye. Adios. Thank you.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.